0: Hey friends and welcome back to The Daily. It's Friday, March the 26, 2021 and it is a blustery but beautiful spring day here in Baltimore. I hope it's uh, a beautiful day wherever you are and that you are enjoying it. Uh, today we're going to finish up the letters of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. It'll be a little shorter today uh, because we're really just going to cover one particular verse uh, and kind of wrap up the entire uh, book today with just some uh, just some comments. So yesterday the text we saw really was dealing with disorderliness inside of the church uh, and, and really there's a sense in which these letters are uh, somewhat doing that they are written by the Apostle Paul to deal with uh, issues going on in the Thessalonian church and what we see in the benediction uh, here at the end of second Thessalonians uh, and very similarly what we saw at the end of first Thessalonians uh, is this sort of uh, blessing that Paul speaks over, uh, the church here at Thessalonica, uh, and it, one particular word comes to the forefront in both of these benedictions. So let me just read you verses 16 and 17 of Second Thessalonians chapter 3. These are the last words we have recorded of Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, although we know from this, these two books that Paul spoke other things to them that we don't have written down, uh, but these are the last two uh, verses, two, three verses that we have from the Apostle Paul Uh, to this church. So let me just read them to you. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So what you'll notice is that both of these letters, both of these books, are bookended with grace and peace. Uh, And in particular, what I want to point out in verse 16 is that Paul emphasizes uh, peace being with this group of people. He says, "...may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way the Lord be with you all." So notice the connection between the presence of the Lord with a church and the peace that church experiences. But also, you need to also uh, see the connection between the, the conversation that Paul has just had with them and the idea of peace and the presence of Jesus." So to say it in a a negative way, if you are not uh, in an orderly fashion as a church, if there is disorder in the church, then you should not expect the peace of the Lord, the peace of Christ being with you to be manifesting itself in the same way as it would be if you are conducting yourselves in a way that is orderly. And what that means historically is three things. Uh, in the church, there are three things that really mark what the church even is. It's the preaching of the gospel, the administration of the sacraments, which for us means baptism and the Lord's Supper or communion. And then the third thing that really is missing from a lot of churches, and frankly, is something that I as a younger pastor and my first senior pastorate struggle with, is the practice of church discipline. Many times in our churches when we see disorderliness happening or idleness as we talked about yesterday we kind of want to just ignore it and hope it goes away but if we ignore it and and just kind of hope it goes away it it doesn't lead to peace. And so Paul is is really making it clear to us through the writings he he is writing here that our scripture that leaders are charged to watch over the souls of their people in a way that they'll have to give an account for. And so, if discipline is not part of the ministry of a church, then what we should expect is that peace will also not be a part of a church. And in a very real sense, the manifest presence of Jesus will also not be present with a church. So, if there is a church full of uh, disorderly busybodies, we are going to face grief, frustration, disorderliness in a church. And so, What we have to do is just a straightforward approach, as Paul describes, of sometimes rebuke and disassociation with a person. This is a word that just cuts right against the grain of our current cultural moment, but it is what we believe the scriptures teach. And so these are hard verses. When we are not following uh, the ways of the Lord, it's a difficult word to hear. But at the same time, Paul still wants to end this letter Uh, and end these two books with a closing word of hope. The reality is we have to face difficult situations as a church because the church is filled with people which make up relationships, and relationships are hard. And so when we have to face those difficult decisions uh, as a church family that involve people that we love, the path to restoring those relationships is difficult. But Paul is reminding us, reminding you and I, with these concluding words, that we can't lose sight of the goal. Our our redemption is not simply, as, as some so crassly call it, fire insurance. Right? It's not simply a ticket into heaven. Redemption is intended by God, not just for those who are redeemed, but for the entire world to benefit from, because our redemption is supposed to give the world a picture of the way things are supposed to be. So Paul's concluding remarks are intended to remind us that the Lord is going to provide peace. Jesus provides peace by his own presence through difficult times, and he reestablishes peace not only within our community as we practice these three things of gospel preaching, practicing the sacraments, and obeying Jesus in terms of our relationships and discipline. So he establishes peace not only in our community, but through that to the entire world. And this is why this is such good news. And so I just want to end uh, this book of 2 Thessalonians just by wishing you the same thing, the Apostle Paul, which is that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ would be with you. As we head into Holy Week, as we head into thinking about what the death of Jesus means I I want to draw your attention and your focus on the connection between Jesus' death and the grace of God intended for you that God loved you so much that he would send his own son to take on the punishment you deserved for your disorderliness in your heart and pour out on you the grace that Jesus deserved instead. And so if you don't know him, you don't trust him, I would invite you to just continue to to come along with us and explore and And at some point, I I hope that you'll make that leap of faith, that you'll trust in Jesus so that these words can be words for you as well as we close today and close this book out. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I hope to see you next week on Monday as we start Holy Week here on The Daily.